Welcome to the Victory Orlando podcast. We exist to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus and to connect them with their purpose. To learn more about us, visit us at victoryorlando.com. Thanks for listening. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired by today's message. What's up, Victory? I'm so glad you could join us here today at Church Online. I just want to say happy Valentine's Day. I hope you're celebrating with your loved ones and your family having a great day. I know many of you sent in pictures of when you got married. Man, I love seeing those. Y'all look so good. Thank you for sharing with us that we could celebrate you and your Valentine, your lifelong love today. Man, here at Victory, we believe we are a house, we are a body, and we are a family. And so, man, that's why we celebrate with you and your marriage, and that's why we have connect groups, so that we could connect and share life together, not go through life alone. And man, our groups have just begun. They've been so amazing. The men meet on Wednesday night at 6.30. The ladies are meeting at Thursday night at 6.30. The youth are meeting online and we have a family game night. You can get all of the information on those groups and where they meet on our website, victoryorlando.com slash groups. And not only do we have groups, but we also believe that the church is not contained in the walls, that we are to reach out and make a difference in our community. And we've been doing just that. I hope you enjoyed the video from our Hope Truck Outreach that took place yesterday. And this coming Saturday is our next food box distribution day. And if you've never been a part, I want to invite you to come out on Saturday, help us distribute these boxes of food. It's an amazing time that we love reaching out and making a difference here in our community. Let's take a moment and pray together and prepare our hearts and our minds for the word today. Lord, I thank you for this day that you've given us. I thank you you give us breath in our lungs today to bring you glory and honor and praise. So God, we come before you. Lord God, to seek you. God, we want to hear from you. So would you speak to us today? Let your word come alive and let it go deep inside of our hearts. Let it take root and produce fruit in us because we are good ground. And if you agree, let me hear you shout amen. Well, last week we started a brand new series of messages called I Want a Great Marriage because that's me. I want to have a great marriage. You know, most people, when you ask them, they will say, yeah, of course, I want a great marriage. And the reality is so many people are just trying to figure out how to do it. And almost nobody wakes up and says, you know, they want to have a terrible marriage and they want to fight and yell all the times and they just can't stand each other. Almost no one says, you know, they want to get married and have some kids, go to work every day and have a physical or an emotional affair with someone at the office and lose everything. Almost no one plans to get married and grow further and further apart from their spouse and so that they can feel isolated and unloved and trapped in a relationship. That would be crazy. Almost nobody dreams of those things, but so many people end up there. No. Instead, people dream of the fairy tale life. They dream of the happily ever after marriage and family. They dream of growing old together. But the reality is, so many people end up in that place of hurt, anger, pain, fighting, divorce, and unfaithfulness and brokenness. So often that now all of those things are considered normal in marriage. I don't believe 
that's normal for the follower of Christ. The follower of Christ, man, and my prayer for each and every one of you is that your life and your marriage will be strengthened. That's why we're focusing on it here these several weeks, that your faith will be built up, that it is possible to have a great marriage, a a God-honoring marriage that goes the distance. It's possible in the day and the time that we're living in that you can be married, that you can have kids that are raised up to hear the voice of God, and that one day you can celebrate that 50, 60, 70-year marriage anniversary and go the distance until the Lord calls you home to heaven. Listen, your life, your marriage will end up somewhere without some very clear goals, without a lot of determination, some hard work, some sacrifice, and direction from the Holy Spirit. We're going to end up somewhere, but it just might not be where you planned on. So we started last week by really understanding that if we want a great marriage, the first step is being christ centered. We're not merely Christians who got married and are sharing an address. No, we are Christ-centered in our lives, in our marriages, and in our families. If you missed that message, it's available on our YouTube channel or on our Facebook page. Hopefully this week you've been doing every day at least one of the five principles we talked about last week. If we want a Christ-centered life and marriage, then it starts by centering our lives on Christ each day. Today, I want to share the next part. If we want a a great marriage, then we need to be mission-driven. If we want to have a great marriage, the next step is being mission-driven. What are our goals? What is the mission or the purpose for our marriage? If God is going to go to these great lengths to create this miracle union, he said the two become one, why would he do that? Was it so that we could just have a partner or somebody to share life with or to be intimate with? Whether you're married or single or or you hope to be married one day, there is a plan, there is a purpose for your life. Too often we go through our lives doing things that don't really move the needle towards the dreams and the God-designed purpose that He has for our lives. Many people just live their lives without setting goals or any real destination for their future, and then they wonder why they're feeling stuck or why they feel like they're going nowhere. Others then will have goals, but then as a misguided sense of how to really achieve them. Many times people will think, Oh yeah, we're Christ-centered in our marriage and in our lives. We're mission-driven in our lives, but the reality is the mission they're driven by is all the things going on around them, all the things that are expected them. They think maybe they're serving Christ and they're driven by the mission of Christ, but they rarely serve others. Or they go to church once, maybe twice a month if they really need it, you know. They never skip an activity or rearrange their schedule for something God-related. In fact, most of the time, they'll skip God-related things for something else, all the while thinking, we're Christ-centered, we're driven by the mission of Christ for our lives. And that's where you are today. I just want you to know you're in the right place. I don't want you to feel down, don't feel discouraged, or feel like you're a bad person. Listen, victory is a safe place. You know, and my prayer for you is this today, that you would experience the power and the presence of God, that you would know the love of God for your life. Allow Him to speak to you today. Allow Him to work in you so that you could be living on His mission and not just chasing a bunch of things. No matter if you've been married 40 years, four weeks, or maybe you're single, maybe you're ready to mingle, or maybe you just don't want to be married at all, I believe God has something to speak to you today. Are you ready? 
All right, let's turn in our Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 27. Now, this is the sixth day of creation where God actually creates mankind. It says this, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. So God created you in his image. You are perfect and, and like you were created to be like God. It says God blessed them. God has blessing for your life. And he said to them, go and do whatever you want. Go do what makes you happy. Just do whatever you got to do, boo. No, <laughs> that's not what God said. God blessed them and he said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. In other words, the very first thing God is doing with the man and the woman he's created is giving them a mission. He's giving them purpose for their existence and their togetherness. The very first thing God says to the very first couple was, you have a mission. You have a purpose. Something I need you to do. Go, multiply, increase, and live in authority on the earth. Now, think about, as those are the very first words God spoke to the very first couple, think about the last words of Jesus. And after he was resurrected from the grave and before he ascended into heaven, the last thing he said was, go into all the world preach the gospel, make disciples. And these signs will follow those who use the authority of my name. You will cast out demons, you will heal the sick, and you will speak in other tongues. Come on, in other words, Jesus was confirming our mission as his disciples. Go multiply your faith. Increase the faith of others and live in authority through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Come on, somebody, you have a mission. Tell someone sitting near you today, you have a mission. That's right. Now tell the person on the other side, your second choice, you have a purpose. Now, when we bring this mission and purpose into a marriage relationship, your purpose doesn't stop, but it doesn't change. It actually increases in its ability and its effectiveness to be lived out. Let me say it this way. You can serve God better together than you can apart. Why? Because you are hardwired for relationships. You are hardwired in your DNA, in your creation to thrive in relationships. If we go to then Genesis chapter 2, God creates Adam, puts him in the garden of Eden. Everything is perfect. Adam has everything he needs. And yet God sees Adam and says, it is not good for man to be alone. So I will make a woman to come alongside him so they can be effective in their togetherness. What happens then? Adam takes a little nap. Come on, all my guys who like to take Sunday afternoon naps, right? Adam's napping. God comes along and takes out one of Adam's ribs. And from that rib, he makes Eve and brings her to Adam. Man, they're happy. They're content. Now they have a mission together. They were in love. They got those lovey-dovey eyes for each other. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Maybe you're thinking, Pastor, what does this have to do with me? Listen, what God unites, our spiritual enemy, the devil, schemes to divide. God brings unity, blessing, purpose, direction. The devil brings lies, doubt, fear. Why? To cause 
disruption in our connection with God so that we become distracted from our God-ordained mission that our unity would be destroyed. Let me say it this way. There is staying power in your marriage when you live on mission. I would even say there is God's holy, unmatched, divine power when we live our lives and our marriages to be effective in our calling. What did, what did Satan come and do? He got Eve separated from Adam so he could bring lies and doubt and cause her to stumble. Adam is then separated, doesn't realize what's happening, and then he falls into sin. What God unites, our spiritual enemy, the devil, schemes to divide. So the question is, what are the goals in your marriage? What is the mission for your marriage? I believe we should have attainable goals in our relationships, in our marriage. Maybe that's more or better family time. Maybe that's an amount of money to save up for something or an amount of money you want to give this year. Maybe your goal is the number of kids you want to have or, you know, all different kinds of things. There's so many goals out there that we could have in our family. We have goals that we set for ourselves each year that we work like crazy to achieve. But we also have a mission in our family that drives everything we do. For us, it's tied so closely to the vision of the church because it's what God has specifically called us to do. And that's helping people to know Christ and to know what he has uniquely created them to do. Many times you'll discover your mission through a season of pain and difficulty. I know in our lives, it was going through some really difficult, really painful seasons where we found ourselves isolated and alone because of the choices we had made. And we made the decision coming out of those seasons that as long as God would allow us, that we would live our lives to make sure no one ever felt so alone and isolated again. It, was, it became our, our, our mission to bring people into the family of God and connect them with others so they could make a huge difference in this world. I hope you have goals in your life. I hope you have mission in your relationships too that go way beyond feelings. You know, goals that are more than happiness and yay, things are great. Like, happiness is great. I hope you're happy and enjoy the life and the, the spouse and the family God has given you. But can I tell you, happiness isn't the goal or the foundation of a godly marriage. Happiness is a feeling which comes and goes because of the situations and the circumstances. So if, if your marriage or your relationships or your dreams are based on happiness, then when happiness goes and you don't feel happy anymore, then it's easy to feel like I don't love or we're not going to be able to work this out anymore. Listen, unity is the foundation and the goal of a God-honoring marriage that goes the distance. Happiness and joy, peace and strength, the fullness of God's blessing is the result of unity. In Psalms 133, the writer says this, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down the beard, running down Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. Now, this is a picture from the Old Testament. Aaron was Moses' brother. Right? And he was the very first priest that ministered before the Lord in the tabernacle while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, right, in the desert. And when Aaron was anointed to go into the presence of God, he, like, kneeled down and they would 
pour this precious and valuable oil over his head. Now imagine this moment for me. Someone who looks like they belong in Duck Dynasty, right? They got a super legit beard, you know, and they're kneeling down and Moses is standing in front of him, pouring the oil over his head and it would run all down his face, all through his beard and get all over his clothes. God is giving us this imagery. Why? Because there's an anointing that covers us when we make the choice to live in unity in our marriages, in our homes, even in our churches. I don't know about y'all, but I want that kind of anointing that covers my life from head to toe, right? Anybody else? Come on. We need it in our marriages. We need it in our families. We need that kind of anointing in our churches. And not only is there anointing that flows because of unity, but look at the next verse. It says, For there, in the place of unity, the Lord bestows, another translation says, the Lord commands his blessing, even life forevermore. That's the place I want to be because it's the blessing of the Lord where there's wholeness, where nothing is missing, nothing is lacking, where there's peace and joy and strength Everything that we need is in that place. I believe that we must be unified around something bigger than ourselves. I know here at Victory in our church, like we are unified around the mission of helping people to know God, to find freedom so they can discover their purpose and make a difference. In our marriages, what are we unified around? Some people are unified around their problems, but not us. We choose to be unified around the promises of God's word. Others are unified around their wants and their desires. We choose to be unified around God's priorities and his calling on our lives. Now, just to be clear, unity and agreement, they're not the same thing. You can disagree with someone and remain in unity, but you cannot be ununified and truly agree on something, right? Why? Because unity doesn't mean you are the same. Unity just means you're together, right? So today I want to give us three keys to living a mission-driven, God-honoring life and marriage. If you're taking notes, I hope you'll write these down. Here's the first one today. We want to live mission-driven and start with the end in mind. Now, I love to take trips, to go see new places. Anybody else? Come on, I'm hoping that in in the days ahead we'll start to be able to do more of that again soon. Come on, somebody. We've taken a lot of road trips in my life, and they're so much fun. But anytime we're taking a trip somewhere, you know, I'm the planner, so I always plan out the destination. I want to know what's the fastest route to get there. And so what do I do? You know, uh, I start with the end in mind. We we pick out the place we're going to go, where we're going to stay, what we're going to do. And I usually get, you know, my phone out and use this tool called Google Maps to chart out the best possible destination, right? What's interesting about these map applications is they will typically show you two or three routes to get to your destination. Some take longer than others, have more stops than others, have more traffic, but typically all these routes are going to get you there one way or the other. And life is really like that. There's so many directions to go, so many ways to get to a destination, and it'll take you a different amount of time based on the choices that you make, and they'll have different stops along the way, different costs along the way. And How do we know which direction to go in life? How do we know which direction to go in our marriages and in our relationships? 
It's a great question. Thank you for asking. I believe the answers to life's questions are found in God's word. Psalms 119 verse 105 gives us this answer. It says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light unto my path. So when we have a question, which direction do I go? How do I know how to get there? The answer is found in the Bible and scripture. This is why I believe it's so important for us to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and spend time in his word because it provides wisdom and direction for every decision, every situation, and every obstacle we have in this life. You know, I, I, when we're going on a trip, I can get in the car and just start driving without knowing where I'm going. Now, that might be fun for a Sunday afternoon drive, but if we have the idea, we're going to go on a family trip, but we don't know where. We just got in the car and started driving. Then it's going to cost you a whole lot more than you want. It's going to be frustrating. It might even be a little disastrous. The kids are going to be in the back. Are we there yet? I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, it's just so much more helpful to end up in a destination if we start with the destination in mind, right? Like so many people approach their marriages this way. No real destination in mind other than I hope we have a happily ever after. Can I tell you, if you want to end up with a God-honoring marriage that goes the distance, that's effective, that's strong in the Lord and in His mighty power, then first we need to be Christ-centered so that we can be mission-driven. So let's talk specifics. What is the mission? What is the purpose for your life, for your marriage? We've already discovered that our marriages are unions of power to spread the gospel of Jesus, raise disciples of Christ, and live in His authority on this earth. But what specifically has God uniquely gifted and called you to do? Let me give you a couple great questions to begin to unpack, to really begin to discover your unique mission. What opportunity has God given you right now? There are opportunities right in front of you. What are they? Then what are your passions? What gets you excited? What is the thing, you know, that you dream about? And what are your spiritual gifts? Now, if you don't know the answer to those questions, we would love to help you to begin to discover the answers. And that's what our next step class here at Victory is all about. We want to help you to begin to discover your unique God-given purpose. In fact, why don't you do this right now? Get out your phone and text the word Victory Next Steps to 94000. You can begin the process today. Now, once you begin to define what your unique purpose and mission is, the next step is to write it down. Clearly define it. Proverbs 29, 18 says it this way. Where there's no revelation or no vision, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom instructions. Now, if we apply that to our marriages, if there's no mission, no vision for our lives together, then people will throw off restraints. And that's what we see in our culture. People running all over the place because they have no vision. So what is your mission? What do you stand for? For those who are married, where are you glorifying God together? And yes, that should happen in how you serve in the church, but please never let your mission be contained solely in the church. Your mission was meant to be released into the world to make a difference in the lives of people so that they could come out of darkness and into the light of Christ. What is the thing that unites you, that brings you together? See, it's pointing towards your mission. What is it that stirs your heart together. That's the thing that moves you and, and brings you closer to each other on behalf of God. 
It's an indication of your mission together. Now, once you begin to discover your mission, it's vital that you take steps of action to begin to do your mission. If we don't put action behind our mission, then what happens is it slowly turns into wishful thinking that only more spiritual or more successful people can do. But you can do it. Maybe you love hospitality or you love cooking. You love blessing people. You make it your mission, your ministry to bring meals to those who have just had a baby or those who are in the hospital, maybe those who've lost a loved one. Maybe you hate the feeling of walking into a new church alone and you feel like you don't know anyone. You hate that. And so you make it your mission to go out of your way to welcome and even sit with new people in church on Sundays. And you get a little more crazy and more committed to your mission than that. And then you offer to, to take people out to lunch and buy them lunch or buy them coffee. Maybe you're like me and you grew up with a single parent and you want to make sure that no kid ever feels left out or unloved. That every kid knows that there's someone in the church who's there for them. Someone who's cheering them on. And so you make it your mission. You get up early on Sunday mornings. You get to church early for that team huddle and you serve in the first Victory Kids service together. And then you stay and attend second service together. I'm so thankful for so many here at Victory on the Dream Team who are living mission-driven lives that are making an eternal difference. And I'm just telling you, we've got a spot for you on the team. If you're ready to begin to live mission-driven, we want to get you plugged in. Now, single people, listen, Find someone with similar goals and direction as you. Like, you're not going to be able to change or control someone after the wedding. Why? Because you're, you're just not that powerful. So start with the end in mind. If you want a godly spouse who's faithful, look for someone who already exhibit those characteristics. Start now discovering what your mission is and then begin to live it out, passionately serving Jesus, doing what he's called you to do. And as you're serving Jesus, being effective in your mission, every now and then, take a quick look around, right? Like, not too long of a look, right? Because we're going to keep our eyes on Jesus. But look around while you're living out your God-given mission and see, is there anyone reasonably attractive who's passionately pursuing Jesus just like me? Come on, if there is, start building a friendship, a relationship, and over time, with the help of God and, and some godly counsel, you might discover that you can serve Jesus better together. And then it's time to say, Let's get married. I do. Come worship the Lord with me, right? Come on. I know when I was dating Heather, one of the things I loved about her was her lack of interest in other guys. And the ceiling moment for me was when she said that she had no celebrity crush. She thought that I was the most handsome man she had ever seen. Come on, Jesus! Now you can laugh, you can roll your eyes at me, whatever. I know in my life what I wanted was someone who wouldn't have wandering eyes or desires. I had already been through that, and I knew firsthand the pain and the ripple effect that that caused. And by the way, isn't a celebrity crush just a culturally nice way to justify lust for another person? I mean, after all, Jesus is the one who said, if, if, if a person looks at someone else with lust, they've already committed adultery in their heart. So come on, everybody. Let's begin by starting with the end in mind. And if you're single, I encourage you, make a list 
of the things that you want to see in your spouse and begin to pray for that person. Begin to believe God. I know in my own life I did that. The things that I wrote down that I had on my list that I wanted to see in my spouse. That way when someone comes along, it's easy to say, that's a pretender. That's not the person I'm believing God for because they're not matching up with the things that I'm becoming and the things that I'm believing God for. We start with defining the destination will be so that we can plan appropriately and make the decisions to get there. Here's the next one today. Look to the future joy beyond the current pain. Here's what I know. There's going to be some rough seasons of life, but come on, tough times don't last, but tough people do. Can I tell you, you're going to make it. Whether there's pain from another person or pain from a difficult season, there's joy on the other side. If you'll press through, there's joy. Hebrews 12 verses 2 and 3 says this, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I believe one of the reasons Jesus came to the earth and went through the horrible experience and all the pain that was the cross was so that he could perfectly relate when we cry out to him in our difficulties, when we're struggling, when we're in pain. Even the horrific death that was the cross, Jesus endured it. He went through it because he saw something on the other side of the pain that brought him joy. Do you know what that was? That was you and me and every other person who would believe in him. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, casting aside the shame. And now he's set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So how are we going to get through our difficult seasons? Consider him, Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinners so that we will not grow weary and lose heart. Listen. If we'll keep our eyes on Jesus, then he will lead us to overcome in this life and see the joy on the other side. The truth is you're either in the middle of a storm, you've just come out of a storm, or you're about to head into a storm. And when we are in the midst of it and all hell is breaking out, when, we're, when we just have so much pain it can feel overwhelming, we can become worn out or frustrated or angry or disappointed and so many people man even give up all hope in that place but i will tell you this keep your eyes on jesus keep coming back to his word stay connected to the church to people in your life who will speak faith keep lifting up your voice and thanksgiving and worship and praise to god i can't promise you that it will change your situation or remove the pain but i can tell you this it will bring you strength it will bring joy back to your life and if you don't give up if you keep moving forward you will make it you will get to the other side and see the joy you will see the people who are waiting for you to be the one to bring them through their storm that's trying to overtake their life Come on, we're talking about being mission-driven and how do we live a life that's God-honoring and get, get a marriage and a life in that direction? One, it starts with the end in mind. Two, look to the future joy beyond the current pain. Here's the last one today. Invest now for the future you want. We understand this so simple and well in the area of finances. If you invest a little bit today, then in the long term, there'll be a big payoff. Most of the time, 
You can't invest just a little bit of money right now and then tomorrow have millions of dollars in the bank. Like You can have the millions of dollars one day if you're faithful to invest little by little now. I mean, you can do the simple math. If a person were to invest $150 a month, that's $5 a day, invested at 12% over five years, that will turn into $12,000 uh, over 10 years, that turns into $34,000. Over 20 years, it turns into $148,000. Over 40 years, that turns into $1,764,000, right? Over 50 years, that turns into $5,858,000. Come on, that's a lot of money. If we invest just a little bit over time, it turns into millions of dollars. And for some perspective, it maybe you're thinking, Pastor, $150 a month, that's so much. The average car payment in the United States is $523. So many people are investing huge amounts of money in something that will bring no return in their life. And oftentimes, with some small adjustments and sacrifices of our lifestyles, we can find the money to save. What if we apply that to our marriages? So many people are investing so much into something that will bring no return that if we would just make some adjustment and sacrifices in our lifestyles and how we treat our spouse and the things that we're living our lives and our marriages for, if we'll invest a little bit now, then over time, we will have a great marriage. Let me say it this way. Invest today where you want wealth to grow tomorrow. Come on, this is so true in our finances in our kids, and in our marriages. If you want to have a great marriage, then you need to invest into your spouse and into your relationship today so that through the years you will remain strong and bring honor to God and go the distance. For all the singles, maybe you're thinking, Pastor, what about me? Listen, if you want a God-glorifying, mission-driven marriage one day, live a God-glorifying, mission-driven life today. The problem is too many people live their life however they want today and then one day they meet that special someone, the one they think they want to marry, and then all of a sudden in the drop of a hat they want everything to change, have a godly life and a godly marriage, you know, that's just strong and full of the power and the grace of God right then. But the problem is they haven't invested in a godly life and so now you're putting two people who are invested in ungodly lifestyles and now they're at square one and it's just going to be a rough road to get there. There's a story of a young Christian girl. She was raised in a Christian home. She was raised to know the voice of God, raised in church, and one day she grew up, graduated high school, went off to college, and while she's there, she's serving God, but little by little, she starts to attend a party. She's invited to one, goes a little bit, is unsure. She's kind of observes, goes to another one, offered a drink, no, no, no. Goes to another party, offered a drink, starts to drink just a little bit, not too much, just a little bit. Keeps going to parties a little bit more, a little bit more. And before long, now she's dating a guy, dating another guy, goes to another party, offered some recreational drugs. And before long, step by step by step, step, she finds herself dragged into a life of a full-fledged partygoer with everything that goes along with that lifestyle. Years down the line, she's lived a rough couple years in the party scene. She meets this Christian guy 
the one that she's prayed for since she was a little girl that she would be able to marry one day. And he's handsome, good looking, much like what you see right here. Come on, he's mission driven, he's, he's passionate, he prays, and he's bold in his faith. Everything that she's believed God for. And, and what she calls her mom and she's telling her all about this amazing man that she's met in her school. And, you know, mom is listening and interrupts the daughter and gently just says, not condemning, but just in a loving way, sweetheart, if, if he's really as godly and, and driven as you say, then he's not looking for a girl who's living a life like you're living right now. Can I just, can I just tell you, like, don't wait until the future to get your life on track with Jesus. Invest today in becoming the person you are looking for, is looking for. Become the spouse that you're hoping your spouse will be because you are worth it. Your future spouse is worth it. Your calling and the mission God has for you is worth it. You're valuable enough. I believe God in this season of history, God is looking for people to rise above culture and begin living worthy of their calling. What does that mean? It means living a life that matches the importance and the value that Christ puts on you. The Apostle Paul wrote it this way in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bonds of peace. Come on, wherever you are today, let's begin to pray. Get up on your feet. If you're married and you're with your spouse, would you grab their hands right now? If you're single or you're by yourself today, just begin to lift up your hands to your Heavenly Father. Lord, I thank you that you're moving in us right now. God, I pray that you begin to speak to each and every person. I pray for every marriage right now that's been going through some rough seasons. Lord God, I pray that there would be a spirit of unity. I come against this the working of the enemy that will try to scheme and to divide what God has united. That's you. You, you guys, are, you've been in the midst of it. Things have been rough. It's been a struggle. Today, you sense God is working in you. Man, I believe that this is the moment to make a commitment, to tell your spouse, come on, we're going to work this thing together. We're going to start with the end in mind. Maybe you haven't had any goals, just some practical things. Maybe you don't know what your mission is. I believe this is the season to discover what your God-given mission is. Come on, get involved in next steps. Get around some people that are going to help you to ask the questions and begin to discover what God brought you together to do because I believe you can serve Jesus better together than you can apart. So Lord, right now, I pray for all my married friends right now. I pray, Lord God, that you give them boldness and courage, Lord God, to work together. Lord, I thank you that there is no strife. We just stand against it right now, but our homes will be filled with your power, with your love, and with the spirit of unity. God, I pray for each and every person who's not married, whether single and wanting to be married or just single and serving you, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you would bring purpose. Lord God, I thank you that we would passionately serve you all the days of our lives and that you would bring the right people, friends, relationships, those that want to get married. Lord, I pray you bring the right person across our path as we're seeking you and living to be effective in the mission that you've created us for. God, I thank you that we're not going to waste a day, but we're going to pursue you with all of our hearts. And as we continue in this moment of prayer together, maybe you're the one you just need a relationship with God. You've known some facts about Him. 
you know some of the Bible stories, but you just recognize you don't know God personally. This is your moment. All of this was put together specifically so that you could have a moment to experience the love and the power of God in a real and personal way. Maybe you've been a Christian, but you're just far from God. You're ready today to renew your commitment to Him and give your life fully to Him. Just with every head bowed, wherever you are, those of you who would say, yes, pastor, that's me. I need, to, I need to come back to God. I need to give Him my life and turn from my sins and turn towards Christ. As you do, every sin you've ever committed will be forgiven. You'll be made brand new. Today, if that's your prayer, just to simply say, I need to give God my life. I need to receive His forgiveness and His love in my life. Would you just click to raise your hand in the chat or simply type the name Jesus there in the comments. But wherever you are, let's all join our voices together in prayer so no one is praying alone. Would you repeat this prayer after me? Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me new today. I confess Jesus is my Savior and He is the Lord of my life. Fill me with your Spirit so I could live for you. Thank you, God, for new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, if you just prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart, right then the Spirit of God came into you. Scripture tells us your spirit was brought to life. All of the sin, all of the old is gone. You've been made brand new. You are a son. You are a daughter of God. So let me be the first to say welcome to the family of God. I'd love to have the privilege, the opportunity, just to encourage you, pray with you, help you take the next steps in your faith. Would you send me a direct message or send me an email to info at victoryorlando.com. Church, I love you so much. Would you take just a quick moment and share this service with somebody today? I can't wait to see you again right here next week at Church Online. <laughs>